truly for me, my purpose, I believe, is to become as fulfilled, now that sounds selfish, as fulfilled as possible. Because I believe if I live a fulfilled life, that will radiate out to the other people. Mm -hmm. So meaning like if I am as happy, as grateful, as um, learned, as um, all the things that create fulfillment for me, which is like giving, you know, and charity and all those things, those things fulfill me. If I do those things, that has the most impact on the world around me. Now, it's weird that that sounds selfish, even as I'm saying it out loud, but I truly believe that's the best way I can give back is by me doing the things that are right for me. So that's where we start. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stop. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, Ben? Doing so dang good. So dang good. I love it. I really am. I yeah, yeah. Hear it. Things are great. Um, Loving life. Loving life. We are gonna we're gonna um, return to an idea that I think we I think this is where we first was like, hey, we should talk about that in an episode. We did a hopper talk a couple months ago now, where one of the questions that we answered was like, if you had an apprentice. And your job was to teach them kind of not everything, you know, but like you would teach them something with the, the, hmm. the, the intent, obviously, of transferring what you've learned about something. And your answer was really interesting. Um, and I, I want to unpack it today. And, and your answer briefly was like what you figured out how to do really well is to get a sense of where it is you're trying to go. Right. The thing we've always the, the metaphor we always say is like get your get your ladder up against the right wall. And so your answer on that hopper talk was like, I figured out as best as I, as best as I can, how to get the ladder up on the right wall and then how to act in such a way that I'm actually climbing that ladder and getting higher and higher and higher. And so really, really roughly, really briefly, can you just like walk us through that idea one more time? Cause I want to start there. I want to get a sense, make sure everybody's on the same page as you in terms of what you mean. But then I really want to get to the tactics and the and the everyday element of that because we've talked about the principles a lot before. And I don't know that we've really gotten into the the nitty-gritty of well, what does that actually mean for tomorrow? <laughs> right? Um, and so that's yeah. where I want to get to. But first I want to make sure everybody's on the same page before we get there. Can you talk to us about this idea of uh ladder, right wall, um, and and really designing your life towards you fill in the blank for the right word, but fulfillment, happiness, pride, whatever it is. Okay. So yeah, good. This is gonna be a fun conversation. So, um, I, that's what like my, what I want, I want to live a fulfilled life, right? I want to live it. So like when I'm on my deathbed, I look back and I'm like, yes, I made all of those right decisions. I'm so happy with the way my life unfolded in front of me. I didn't make any wrong mistakes along. I just, that's wrong with words. I didn't um, go down any wrong paths too far before I switched gears and got myself back on the right path. We're all going to have little detours here or there, but that's the learning experience. And as you said, making sure that your ladder is leaning against the right wall. I don't want that to come across as like, you got to figure that out mm -hmm. now and, um, and commit. It's not about, the idea is, Figure out what you think that wall is. Now, for some people, when they're starting off, most people think it's about their career, 
getting six figures and then making a million bucks and getting the two car garage with the picket fence and the walk-in closet, being able to take like, that's what most people think it is. And if that's what you think it is, cool, rock and roll, go for it. But constantly be reevaluating what you think that is. Don't just lean the ladder up and go. And also don't be afraid to, to, to recognize that you're going to have some sunk costs along the way. Yes, you spent the first from – because this is really for people that like once they get out of – into their professional lives. Because before that, life is kind of dictated for you and you have some control over it. But really like you're going to school and then you're doing the after school activities and you're going to spend the weekends with your family where your weekend – where your family does that. But once you become a young adult and you truly have control over your life, this is really important because from 22 to 28, that's your time to figure stuff out. And my take on that is like try as many different walls as you can because once you become 28 to 32, 34 and you get some some skills, it's not impossible, but it just becomes harder to start over again. If you're 24 or you're 26 or you're 22, like whatever, like go take as many different entry level positions as you possibly can to figure out what the right wall is you're speaking about. This is just about career. But you also be taking that bigger approach of like, is career even that important to me? Is this something I really truly value? And my question is that I think people should be always asking themselves is, again, on my deathbed, what are the... What am I going to be saying to myself about the life I've lived? That truly to me is the question we should be asking ourselves all the time. And it's that stoic philosophy thing of, you know, um, recognizing that death is coming to us all. And then you'll live your life with more purpose as opposed to kind of this like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do this thing today. It gives so much more intention and purpose to the day. So that's kind of the ideas begin with the end in mind. The end literally being the very, very end. And then what's the things back up, create the right uh, objectives, picture, goals, whatever you want to be of what you want your life to look like. And then this is where I think this conversation is going to go is what are the strategic steps that you put to make sure you're achieving that? The one thing I've – going full circle back to your question, the one thing I feel like I've done – a fairly good job of over the last 10 years of figuring out is how to become really intentional with the day-to-day to make sure I'm filling in to the right full, full picture. For all these different goals I've set for myself, um, my wife and I kind of laugh about them. Like we kind of like we set out like certain financial metrics for ourselves and we hit them. Like, it's like, it's like, how is this? And she's like, how does this even happen? And like small things like, um, I set a goal, a three-year goal, um, to have a boat this summer. Three years ago when I set that, it was so out, like, there's no way I could have afforded to have a boat. Like, there's no way, like, it's so crazy. It's so weird. And all of a sudden the next thing you know, like, um, we have a boat. (laughs) Like, it's, it's not like I, it's not like I was like, I'm going to save and I'm going to save and I'm going to save till I have enough money for a boat. It was like, just be really intentional, have that out there. Know it's a thing that you're working towards and create all the little steps to get there. Um, and then there's the things about like lifestyle. 
like I've been really intentional with creating the lifestyle that I wanted, which is um, I want to be have my mornings, I want to have my evenings. So in the beginning, like I was an entrepreneur running three businesses. Like how in the hell am I going to have my three, this is me, I want a three hour morning, a three hour morning where I do only the important, nothing urgent, just the important. And I want I want a um, three hour evening where I do just the important, nothing urgent. What I mean by that is, no emails, no meetings, no coaching classes. That's urgent. It's nothing time bound. Just the things that are supposed to like, just, so we'll get into the specifics of what this thing looks like, but that was something I set for myself when it was so aspirational. It almost seemed crazy because I was so, everything was of such urgency. And I was just putting out fire after fire after fire. But what I found is if I put it on paper, um, it comes to fruition because what I figured out is how to get there. Mm-hmm. And yes, it takes massive, massive action in order to get there. But that's the thing is how do you create the right actions today to get to what you want in this big, weird, like three to 10 years out? Cause it seems so far away and so removed from what you're actually doing today. It's like, how in the heck can we possibly do that? So that's a process I'm excited to share. Like the actual like ticks, the, the tricks, the tools, the the actual um, methodologies, the literally like this is what I do on a daily basis. Okay, before we get that, I've got one question because you you alluded to it, you mentioned it, and I think it's it's worth unpacking a little bit, which is the point isn't that when you're 23, you're going to figure out what this thing is. And every day after that is uh, a, an, an uninterrupted charge towards that that degree of fulfillment, right? And so just for folks out there, and I've certainly been through it once, twice, five times myself, how do you know when, oh, okay, this actually, this isn't it. I thought it was it six months ago when I sat down and I asked myself these questions. But now that I've lived it a little bit, like this doesn't feel it versus, oh, this just got hard. And now do I want to keep going? Because th- there's that that moment when, do I not want to do this because it's no longer what I feel like is going to fulfill me versus do I not want to do this because now I'm up against something that causes me some amount of anxiety. It challenges something uh, that I haven't yet figured out how to do. Like get that. How do you start to delineate? Okay, no, that wasn't right. It was a good try, but it wasn't right versus... I'm just distracting myself with something else now, another shiny object, because shit, that just got real hard. No, the, this process washes Amazing. that out. Okay, that it's gone. It's it's gone because it's built into the process. The whole idea of the self-assessment, the whole idea of the awareness, the whole idea of is this a bright shiny object or is this something I should be leaning into, all gets kind of like filtered mm-hmm. out, and you only see there's guardrails. But there's the right time to move the guardrails to a different lane. Mm-hmm. But then you stay in that lane, and then there's the right time to move the guardrails again. Okay. So where do we begin then? Where do we start? Where do we start the conversation about the tactics uh, around or inherent in the process? Okay. So I'll, I'll throw the question back to you because it's either starting at the big, yep. endy, hairy, audacious. This is what I want. Or it's starting with the very tactical of when I wake up tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. And there's no right or wrong on which way you start, but you got to start with one of the two. 
I'll throw it back. I'll, 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 I'll pull it back in. I believe that you should start with the, the wall, okay. right? Because I think that you should start with what is truly, where do I want to end up? So the way I, I, I talk about that is purpose. And it's, so here's what, here's, here's the secret is you just take how to do a business to your personal mm-hmm. life. That's all we're doing. So all we're doing is all the stuff that really successful businesses do really, really well. And we're applying it to your personal life. So a lot of this is stolen from, borrowed from, morphed from um, Gina Wickman, who wrote a great book called Traction, um, has a great website called EOS Worldwide. I, I literally just took that, which we don't really run our business off of that anymore, but I run my personal life mm. off of it. And the fact that he hasn't kind of swung this to personal life is crazy, but I'm sharing with the world this way, or maybe not the world, but this little tribe. So you start off with the purpose and this is not something he talks about. So now we're going to shift back to like my take on this. I believe that we all have two purposes. The first one is inherent to all of us. We all share the same purpose and that is to become um, enlightened, Mm -hmm. to become spiritually awoke, to become aware, to break out of the matrix, to become in control of our own lives, not but not operating by the default patterns that have been set up from our past and the anxieties of the future, but literally truly become at peace. Like that is our inner purpose is for all of us to become completely at peace with every single moment, regardless of what's happening around us. Chaos, confusion, um, um, like um, brutality, like whatever we can all be, we can all find monk mode, inner peace. So that's, that's a little bit outside the scope of what we're going to be talking. Eh, maybe not, mm. but then I think we have a second purpose, which is changing. And this is part of the process. It is okay, which people don't understand this part because there's the two you, one is set and it's forever. And this is what people are always trying. They're trying to find their purpose and they're trying to find it. One is set And it's the same across, which is that first one. The second one changes all the time. And that's the one that is going to be unique to you, Patrick. It's going to have to do with your creativity. It's going to have to do with your your thought leadership and doing with um, your family and to do with you making the world a better place in your own specific way, which is going to be different than mine. And what we want to do is take that, those two, and create this, whatever that is for you. And to me, it's important to understand what that is. So um, for me, I have that, I have those two. The first one is the same. So it's kind of like, that's just default. It kind of lives in the background. Mm -hmm. But something I'm always working towards to become more at peace, more spiritually aware, breaking out of the matrix. But the next one is... um, Truly for me, my purpose, I believe, is to become as fulfilled, now that sounds selfish, as fulfilled as possible. Because I believe if I live a fulfilled life, that will radiate out to the other people. Mm-hmm. So meaning like if I am as happy, as grateful, as um, learned, as um, 
all the things that create fulfillment for me, which is like giving, you know, and charity and all those things, those things fulfill me. If I do those things, that has the most impact on the world around me. Now, it's weird that that sounds selfish, even as I'm saying it out loud, but I truly believe that's the best way I can give back is by me doing the things that are right for me. So that's where we start is truly like, why are you on this earth? And for some people, it could be like, my purpose is um, to build a hundred homes through this charity. Great. Amazing. Awesome. That's amazing purpose. It could be to um, try to um, be uh, a, a protector and provider for my family. Good. Crazy. Amazing. I love it. Like good. But the thing is, don't set it and forget it. Once you have your purpose, like you're going to think about it. And that's part of this pro over and over and over on a daily basis. It's like, you're always questioning what is my purpose. And that is going to allow you to take the next, what you're, it's a piece of what you said is like, how do you know when you're swinging off track? Mm -hmm. So that's the first one is you create this massive purpose. And then from there it gets, that's this big esoteric fuzzy thing. But then from there, it gets a lot more specific. And then from there, it goes right down into what is your like three to five year, big, hairy, audacious goal. Like what is like that thing that like right now, if you said it, you're like, I can't do mm -hmm. that. I certainly can't do that this year. That's way too challenging to do this. So for businesses, this is like um, Microsoft's was to get a computer on every desk. Coca-Cola was to have a, a Coke in reach of everyone on planet Earth. Um, you know, Elon Musk is to eliminate um, um, driving accidents or renewable energy or whatever it might be. Like these big, you know, put a man on the moon, you know, these big hairy audacious goal. That was John F. Kennedy's. Mm -hmm. So what is that big hairy audacious goal that kind of scares you but really excites you? And for context, this is for mine, this changes on a yearly basis. Mm. Sometimes it sticks for two or three years, but um, sometimes it sticks for four years and other times it will change year to year, but I'm, I'm reviewing this all the time as well. And I'm changing it when I'm like, yes, this is, it's this, I need to move this. And you should, this isn't your purpose. It's nothing. And you should change this. What is your big hair audacious goal? And for context, mine right now, I kind of spoke to this already a little bit, is to optimize my daily routine and add in seasonal adventures. So what does that look like? Like actually like my picture for what I'm looking for, for my big hardest goal, I feel like I'm living my optimal life. I'm super fulfilled because this is what it should be. How are we can get to our, live out our purpose? Well, you get there through your big hardest goal is if every day is totally, like it's just, I love routine. I think that the routine is what's going to get me to my end state. But if it's routine that just is never ending routine, it's monotonous and it's repetitive and it's dead. So what you need is, in my opinion, I stole this from Jesse, is, Jesse Itzler, is the quarterly or seasonal, whoa, that's cool, mm. right? Because if you look back on your life, that's actually what you remember. You won't, if you just go default routines, you'll be super productive, but your life will have no memories because every day is the same. What people remember, I actually remember years based off of CrossFit games. Mm. If you're like, if you say 2009, the first thing that pops, ooh, that's bad because that's the year I got married. <laughs> but the first thing I remember is that was the first year I went to Aromas. Yeah. That's a year I went to, yeah. and if you say like, um, yeah, yeah, if you say 2014, I'm like, I coach Chris Spieler. Like that's literally like, that's the first thing that pops up. 
Like 2016, yep, Matt Fraser, Captain David's daughter, coached them to win the games. Like it's like 2017, yep, we moved to Madison. Like that's the it's the because it's the it's the event. Well, how cool would it be if you had one of those every single quarter, four times a year? Mm-hmm. How amazing, how fulfilled would your life be? And that's what my purpose is what I'm going for. Wow, that's super cool. So I believe through optimizing the daily routine which we're going to get to in a big, big way through optimizing the daily routine and creating these seasonal adventures. That's what's going to lead me to a really, really fulfilled life. Cause imagine if I'm not there yet. Like imagine if every fall I do this, um, you know, five day camping trip in the backwoods with just a backpack with my family and, you know, my, my nine, seven year old kids, like, holy crap. I'd love to bring the other kids, but they're getting older and they're going to be there doing their own stuff. And in the winter, we uh, go skiing um, somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, right. We go to we go we go to Jackson Hole, right? Uh, amazing, right? And then in the in the um spring, we go and we do a um a mindfulness retreat or we go and help out a charity and um, build homes in Guatemala or whatever it is. And then summer, I have the CrossFit games. Mm-hmm. Like now the, like wow, now these things are starting to really, life is really starting to take shape in terms of the way I want to. And these don't have to be expensive, big poles. Camping, like you have, like bring some, you know, peanut butter and jellies and a tent. Like, you know, go back woods skiing, back country skiing, you know, and drive your van to the mountains, you know, and the charity, like, yeah, like bootstrap it, rent an RV van, you know, um, or, uh, sorry, a VW bus, drive down and help out a charity. It's like, you can do these things with limited resources. It's more about being, this is what I found out. It's intentionality because what you look at today is the limited resources. You go, yeah, but I can't do that now because of this, this, and this. It's, what do you see? Do you see obstacles or opportunities? And if you focus on the opportunities, you won't even make the goal. You want to put it on paper. It's the act of putting it on paper and then the backstepping into this thing that gets you there. So now we have your purpose and you have your big, hairy, audacious goal. For me, fulfilled life, big, hairy, audacious goal, um, optimized daily routine and seasonal adventures. Then the next thing you're going to do is what's your one year? Three to five bullet points of what you want to accomplish this year. So to share some of mine this year, they're not in front of me, but um, I had write a second book. I had... Um, um, become a ski family. So I wanted to like um, um, have my kids go skiing every weekend. So we're not going to play normal sports. We're going to try and get to the mountains every weekend, um, which was, uh, oh, actually, sorry, um, before the yearly goal, you have your three to five year mm-hmm. goals. So, and these are bullet points behind these things. So one from my three to five year goals were become a, um, raise my kids on the summer on Cape Cod seemed crazy when I wrote that down. Like how would we ever do that? Um, become a ski family. So I, this is the way I grew up and I loved it. I wanted to go skiing every weekend. Um, had no idea how we were going to pull that off. It's like, that was so far outside the realm. Um, I wanted to write um, a book. I'm now on writing book number two. Um, and another one, uh, I can't remember because they're not in front of me right now, but you get the picture. Kind of these, these big things. Um, then from there, we kind of like 
parsed down into the one-year goals. And all we're doing is kind of breaking these things down into like, okay, if I want to write a book in the next three to five years, what is the thing I need to do this year? Well, I need to um, uh, find a ghostwriter. I need to um, find out about publishing um, houses where I can do this on my own or I need to go through somebody else. And you just break this thing down a little bit. Once you break these things down into one-year goals, then you break them down. And this is going to be really obvious. It's so not sexy. You break them down to quarterly goals. So what is it that I'm going to do this quarter? And sometimes quarterly goals, meaning every 90 days, sometimes they don't line up with everything else. So for me, one of my quarterly goals this year, um, for sorry, this quarter right now, um, Q3 of 2021, was to dial in my personal finances. It's something I've put off for a long time. I've had other people do, and it's time for me to buck up and be an adult mm-hmm. and really understand my tax situation, really understand what's happening with my businesses, really understand what's happening with my payroll, really understand with my bill pay, really understand all the overlaps and the gaps. So that was my that was my quarterly goal. Now that doesn't really line up with anything else, but what you find is when you dial in these things that are like kind of out there, like it does because as I'm dialing this in, it has overlaps to being able to be a ski family and to buy a boat and be a because it's it just it's it's pulling in and it affects the other mm-hmm. stuff. So once you create these quarterly goals. Then from there, you go down and you, you go right down from quarterlies. You go in business, you do weeklies. I don't even worry about the weeklies. It's too, like, I used to do that. And it's too, everybody, like, all the self help books talk about, like, you got to do your weekly review. You got to do a weekly. Re- For me personally, I could not do that because it wasn't routine enough. And it couldn't, if I was scheduling it in, it got scheduled over. And I tried it. I tried it so many different times. I put it in my calendar, do the weekly review here, this Friday afternoon, this Friday morning, this Monday. I tried it a gazillion different ways and it never stuck and stayed. The thing that has stuck and stayed, and I'm on year like eight or nine of doing this, is when it's built into your morning routine. This is the secret sauce. It's got to be before anything else starts. You have a choice to take real control of your life. And this is the this is the secret sauce. This is the, the 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 apex of this podcast. This is the thing. Is you have to build this in. In my opinion, you have to win the morning because the morning is that Jocko stuff like, right? 4 a.m. nobody is going to knock on your door. You're not going to get any pings. You you know not going to have anyone asking to Zoom call you. There will be no interruptions if you do this in the morning, as long as you do it early enough. To me, I have to get up. I have to get up a half hour before my kids. Got to. Now, my kids are kind of like, that's when they get up. So I just have to go a half hour before them. And every day for me, that's 535. Mm -hmm. I get up at 535. Every single day, my kids get up at six, somewhere between six and 615. But I know if I get up at 5.35 every day, I'm going to be able to do this. And what I do is then the really tactical aspect of this is I break my life down into four different categories. I believe that these categories, it's they're just stolen directly from Stephen Covey uh, or Covey, however you pronounce it. We've gone back <laughs> forth on that. 
stolen directly from, if you've read um, Seven Habits, it's First Things First. And he wrote a second book that said that this is the most overlooked aspect of the Seven Habits, but it might be the most important that he, so much so that he wrote an entire book just on this one step. And what he says is we should all follow these four personal endowments. These are the things that you are born and you have the right to do. And they are that you have the right to live, to love, to learn, and to leave a legacy. I turned leave a legacy into leadership because what his, when he says legacy, it's not like have statues erected for you. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying it in terms of the way like you affect other people's lives. And the way I affect other people's lives is through being a leader. So I just changed it to live, love, learn, lead. Mm-hmm. Those four. For each of those, I have four or five things that I track on a, this is the big, this is the one, on a daily basis. So here's what ends up happening. People start doing this and they track on things that they want to track on a week. If they do it once a week, they get, they're like, I'm going to track it. Like, I really want to get into yoga and I'm going to try to go to yoga on Tuesday nights. I'm going to try and track that. That's the miss. That's a mistake I made early on. You're not creating enough of the dopamine response to get you excited to come back tomorrow to check the list again because you don't get to do it for another week. These are the things that you need to do at least five days a week. Now across these 20 to 25 things you're tracking, if you're doing these things five times a week, you have so many, you have the, what you're looking for is almost everything to get checked Mm -hmm. off. If you're missing a couple things here or there, totally cool. But that gets really tactical, really unsexy. This is the mundane, but this is the thing that separates what we've talked about so far. You know, whether it's atomic habits, the tiny little differences that compound over years, whether this is, you know, what um, you talk about, like the way Matt Fraser has done things, or like the tiny little things that add up, or, um, you know, it's the, it's the habits that you do all the time that truly lead up to where you want to go to. So this is the way you get to, in my opinion, if you do first things first, which is what everybody puts off because we're always kind of trying to do the important and urgent things, AKA put out fires. I got to drive my kids to soccer practice. I got to cook dinner. I have to have this meeting with this person who, uh, with one of our suppliers that um, fell through. I have to, um, uh, meet with this potential new hire. I have to, um, my kids' soccer practices. I have to, dot, dot, they're doing all these things and our lives will fill up with these things unless you put the first things first. And I've recently started working with a breath coach with my wife. Um, it's phenomenal. This is different than the Wim Hof guy I've been talking about. This is a, a he's actually um, Deepak Chokra's cousin and he's one that brought kind of this whole idea to the United States. It's phenomenal. Um, and he had this really cool, Heather's like, how do you, I have a hard time getting this in twice a day. He wants us to do breath work twice a day. And he's like, first off, that's what we're shooting for. So don't beat yourself up for not getting there. And right now get in once a day. He's like, and if you do that, what ends up happening is while you're trying to fit this in now, eventually this becomes your reason for living. This becomes the thing. And everything else gets fit in around Mm. this. And that was such like a paradigm shifting thing for me because it's exactly what's happened for, because it's really hard for me to get in the breath work twice a day as well. I've never, I've done it once. All the rest I do it, but I don't miss it once. I don't miss the single time Mm -hmm. a day. But it was such as like, 
Yeah, I believe it because this is exactly what's happened to me with these first things. As long as I get in all these first things, all the other stuff falls in. It's very much Covey's thing about like you take a jar, you put the rocks in, you put the pebbles, you put the sand, you put the water. The pebbles, the pebbles represent, or the, the rocks represent the most important things that you need to do in your life. These are things that really drive you towards your purpose. These are things that are going to get you to your big, hairy, audacious goal. But what everyone ends up doing is they pour their thing full of sand and water first, and now there's no room for the rocks. We have to do the first things first. And that's what this practice allows. And if you do the first things first, those big, crazy, hairy, audacious goals, your purpose and these things that seem so out of left field, like so aspirational, just literally fall into place. And it's like to the point where Heather and I literally, when they start happening, we just turn at each other and laugh. We're like, I can't believe one of the things was um, like, I wanted to, I, I thought that me getting off of coaching the 830 um, would help in order for me to own my, um, my um, three hour mornings. And it just seemed crazy. Like we're short staffed, like the 830. I have this incredible bond with them. Like how would I even work with my schedule? Like how would I? And last week it just happened. Mm. Like it, it just, these things, it just happened. Like an employee came to me and it's kind of like, hey, what do you think about that? And they just start falling into place. So it's like, you don't have to like, the things you create resistance around, you try really hard, like, I'm going to become a ski family. I'm going to save up for this and I'm going to make sure it happens no matter what. I'm going to, the more you, it becomes a slippery bar of soap. And the more you try to grasp it and grab it, the more elusive it becomes. Whereas if you just put the right pieces of your life into place, the things you want fall into place. Okay. Now I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of that 20 minute not a rant. I don't know what, an, I don't know what the positive version of a rant is, but whatever a positive version of a rant is, I want to go back to, um, and maybe even walk kind of back all the way through that. Cause I think there's lots of things in there. Uh, one of the first things we talked about is this kind of this dual purpose of, uh, the word that I would use is like, we're all meant to evolve in whatever the way, whatever way we can. Mm -hmm. And the other one is this idea of, um, you know, that's, that's personal, but I really want to unpack an idea here, which is like, yours is to, to be as fulfilled as possible. And as you were talking, I'm like, I can't think of anybody who's that purpose isn't the right purpose for, and correct me if I'm wrong. And hmm. the nuance though, is how do you define fulfilled? That's when it becomes yours becomes different than mine, because what makes me fulfilled is what is different than what makes you fulfilled and everybody else out there listening. And so one thoughts on that, is it really an effort of like, let's define fulfillment. Let's get as clear as we can as to what makes us fulfilled, at least as best we can, what's going to make us feel fulfilled when we are on our deathbed. Um, and just, let's just start there and, and talk to me about that. Okay. So I, I'm thinking through this in real time and I love what you just pulled out there because I've never thought about it. Like this is, should be everybody's, but it immediately went, made me think of Patrick Lencioni mm -hmm. who wrote the ideal team player. And he's a consultant that works with all these different businesses. And one of the most important things he says is to create really, really sound. You have to operationalize your mm -hmm. values. Like you have to know what it is you're looking for, what you stand for, and then put them into every single practice from hiring to firing to rewarding to every single meeting. It's like you have to bring your values to life. 
And he had his values, which were humble, hungry, and people smart. And he would go to these other businesses and he would go like, no, but those are ours and you have to come up with yours. And then they kept taking and, them, right? <laughs> and then after enough times, he was like, well, wait a minute. Like this might be, these might, he's like, I, what you said, I can't think of a business that these wouldn't be the right core values. So it's really interesting that that mm -hmm. same kind of like path could be taken for this where like, yeah. And then maybe like the little nuances of like how you define hungry, like little nuances of like, is hungry for you? hundred hour work weeks or is hungry for you that you, you just, you only do what you're super passionate mm -hmm. about. It's like, that's a big difference, but they're both about hunger is about the, 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 um, fanatical attention to detail that's hunger. Or is it making picture that like the big picture experience is always there? Like both of those are both about hunger. So I think that it's cool. And I think that you're spot on with this. I think that fulfillment like who who would who would raise their hand and be like nope nope right. nope that's not what i'm shooting for <laughs> um but to the point like everyone's individually and to me if that's the thing i think that we're now switching from lincioni to covey and we're just borrowing everybody should be chasing those four endowments and if you chase those endowments then that's really what's going to lead to fulfillment if you truly love life like really like you have um, love, life, love it. And you have these amazing, powerful relationships with the love. And you are constantly growing and becoming better and pushing yourself and learning. And you're so much more, um, um, you're so curious about what to make this better and you're evolving. And then you're contributing to society and other people and giving back. Like, okay, I think those might even be the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. But then to your point, I think where you fill in the special things underneath, that is 100% unique to you. And for me, one of the things that I have for love to make sure I'm fulfilling the relationship buckets, it's things like call mom and dad. I want to make sure I call my, they're separated. I want to make sure I'm calling my mom and calling my dad five times a week. That's one of the things that like I realize, and here's what the way, by the way, this is a totally irritated process and you redo this every single month and you re-put in those little things that you're tracking every single month. Did those ones really help make you feel fulfilled? Did they really help you feel like you were loving? Did they really feel like you were loving life? Did they really make you feel like you were learning? And so another one for me is making sure that I'm home by six o'clock every night so I can have the three hours with my family, no interruptions, no distractions. And those I'm naming some of the ones that have stuck and stayed. A lot of these other ones have changed. But for other people, that could be totally different. When I first started doing this, it wasn't be home by six. It was be home by three o'clock. But it was be home by three o'clock, but I didn't have the no distractions thing. And it's this irritative process of constantly, and the way I've gotten there really, really well is through another thing I track, which I do every single day, which is meditate. And when I meditate, most of it is about this. It is, am I doing the things? I don't, when I meditate, it's not create empty space. It's not no thoughts. It's not mantra based. It's, I want to meditate. I want to find quiet my ego. And then um, I'll just do some sort of like, I, I do help, I do it does help me to do some sort of mantra based thing, which is like, um, I'll just go like, and I'll just say, 
um, love life, love life, love life. And I'll do that for a few minutes. And then all of a sudden, like things start coming up. And it's like, okay, to love life, I need to, what do I really love about? Well, I love being outside. I, when, if I'm not outside for like a few days, like, gosh, I feel kind of stagnant, stale. I feel artificial. I don't feel human. Okay. Like, so one of my trackables for love life is outside. I used to just go outside every day. I realized that wasn't what it wasn't it. I needed to be, I need to do an activity outside. Mm. So I need to go for a walk. I need to play on the trampoline with the kids. I need to get in the garden. I need to, I need to actually be active. If I just sat outside and meditated, that didn't do it for me. It wasn't just the vitamin. I need to be so like, and it's constantly irritative. And it's like, okay, and I'm going to move these things out and constantly, and this is the secret sauce to me, is what are those trackables unique to you? Because everything else is framework essentially, but unique to you. And you're constantly trying to move the needle and you should be able to do these things five times a week. I've done this with other people as well. And they do things that they do once or twice a week. And it just will not create the process has to be rewarding in itself. You have to get excited to go in there and check off the boxes. You have to see the boxes being checked off. If you're not getting that dopamine shot, you get the opposite. You're like, oh, I'm not moving closer. And if you're supposed to go to yoga on Tuesday nights and you miss that one, well, now you're a total failure and disappointment. What the hell am I doing? But if it's supposed to be five to six times a week and you miss one, no big deal. Like that's totally cool. You mentioned that kind of the big, hairy, audacious goal, which uh, I love that we're just stealing all this stuff from businesses because I, I do the same thing and I love that you do as well. Um, you've got one. You've got kind of live an optimal, uh, have an optimal day with seasonal experiences, right? How important is it? I think it's really easy when you're setting goals like that to have three of them, to have five of them, right? Especially we're talking about like at some point I want to yeah, accomplish right. these things. And it's really easy to not make yourself narrow in on the one that might actually move the needles. Have you tested out like, okay, I've got these two or I've got these three yeah. and like, it just came back down to one. Did you like, Oh, if I actually just looked at those three slightly differently, it is actually just one thing or just talk to us a little bit about how the process of getting down, narrowing in on one. And is, and if it's important to just have one. Uh, it depends on which one we're talking about purpose. You should have one. We all have the same become enlightened, fulfilled, bring out of the matrix, whatever that is. The other one, and maybe it's for everybody to be fulfilled. So everyone should have that one. Um, the big heritage goal should be one. You can only have one. Like talk, it's you want to be, you want to be excellent. You want to be the best possible. You can't be the best possible at two or three different things. And if you're, this is where the shiny objects come in that you're talking about before. If I go, I want to have these uh, optimal experiences and this, but I also want to be, have a $10 million net worth. Like, well, like now I'm going to put a lot of the urgent stuff that requires that $10 million along with the other. It's like, I pick, you got to have one big heritage goal. But then once you get to the next one, the three to five year, um, you could have two or three there. Mm -hmm. You got like, I want to be, I want to be a ski family. I want to have summers on the Cape. I want to have written a book. I want to um, um, own three investment properties. I want to, whatever it might be, right? That's okay. I'd say three to five are appropriate. Five, after five, it's, if you can't remember them, it's probably not as powerful. For the one-year goals, I think it's the same thing. One to five, one, two, three, four, five, totally cool. And then for the 
quarterlies, same thing, three to five, totally cool. And then for the um, the trackables, it, that can be anywhere from 15 to 20. The trackables. Were- and the trackables have to be specific. It can't be like um, 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 have integrity, mm-hmm. right? It can't be like you got to be able to know did you check the box or not. It's got to be did you read at least a page yesterday? Mm-hmm. Like boom. It, to me, it's like even if you say like um, exercise, you can trick yourself into like, well, I took the stairs mm-hmm. instead of the elevator. Yep. That was exercise. It's like, no, if it's going to be exercise, it's going to be like a one mile run. It's going to be go do CrossFit. It's going to be do yoga. It's going to be Pilates. It's going to be at least uh, dot, 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 but it's got to be like black and white. And these are the things that like, and what you're doing is you're kind of like seeing twofold. Where are the gaps? Self-awareness. This is what I'm saying is most important to me. Am I living into these true endowments? Am I really, really taking massive action into things that are controllable and first things first? Or am I missing places? And it's okay if you're missing things because either it's an awareness thing of something you need to work on or it doesn't really, it's aspirational. It's not something you're actually thinking about. So some of the things that have fallen off for me, I've had um, write a daily thank you note. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to do this for like, a th- and it, it was such an impossibility. So I wasn't doing it. It's like, so I scrapped that one. It wasn't going to be there. I've had... Um, um, no snooze alarm before. And that was just, that became such a default pattern for me that I stopped tracking it. Go to the gym, such a default, stop tracking it. Um, so it's, you're constantly analyzing which of the things that are moving the needle for me, that kind of like really nice blend of like, it's a challenge, but it's not a fight. Mm-hmm. It's not a struggle and it's not a gimme. Um, you mentioned that this is, you mentioned a few times that this is iterative and that on a monthly basis, you, you sit down and you assess, you know, are these the right things to be tracking? A couple questions about that. One, what is the, what is the frequency of reassessing everything from the BHAG down to the three to five year to the one year to the, to the dailies, just roughly like how often do you actually sit down with the intent of, is this still the right one? Is this still the right one? Um, and so let's, uh, let's maybe start there and then I'll have a follow-up. So I, um, so it goes yearly, quarterly, um, daily. daily. Yep. Um, so at the beginning of the year, I'll reassess everything. Uh, is this still my purpose? Is this still my big hairy dishes goal? Is this still my three-year goals and three-year goals? Um, uh, the, the purpose probably doesn't change every year. The big heritage goal probably doesn't change every year, but it probably should change every five years at least, right? Like you're a very different person than you were five years ago. And certainly a decade ago, you're a completely different person. So I'd be shocked if that isn't changing, you know, every three to five. And then the one-year goals obviously change every year. And the quarterly goals, I only create, you, you don't create the quarterly goals for the whole year. You create them for January 1st through March 30th, the first 90 days. And at the March 30th, and you're, you're reassessing those and making sure that you're kind of like tracking towards those. Um, March 30th, you're kind of going through the, um, you go through the process again of next quarter goals. Mm-hmm. And then the next quarter goals. And then on the daily, you're tracking the dailies. There's one other piece to this that I think is massively important, which is the, the 
when you get into the daily routine. And this is kind of similar to if you had told me this um, to the to the 30-year-old Ben, I would have said, nope, mm-hmm. this isn't one of the things. But as the 45-year-old Ben, I'm like, everybody should do this. And that is daily in the morning routine. I think that you can win the morning, you can win the day, you can put all these first things first by doing just a few things really quickly. And that is that you do your tracker, you read, you journal, and in the journal, one piece of the journal should be your daily intention. Mm -hmm. It should be one thing. So it's a one piece that we haven't talked about. That's the actionable, like the nitty gritty tool, because this is going to really help you lead up to um, the quarterly goals as well to make sure like that you're actually doing these things or to make sure you're tracking. So if I haven't called my mom or my dad in two days, my daily intention for that day is almost always call mom or call dad. Like I got to make sure that I'm on that. Or it's about, and by the way, my daily intention is one of the things I track. Mm-hmm. Did I do my daily intention? So it's kind of like you get the double whammy for, for calling mom. for one, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Two birds, one stone. Um, and then creating that intention helps you make sure that you're also tracking towards those quarterlies as well. But getting back to like the, to me, the really important mornings. And this is things that I'm just like, Matt, like I think people should, I'm saying again, um, journal. I think that they should um, um, track. I think that everybody should read in the morning. I think they should read some sort of nonfiction. If you want to be historical fiction, okay. But I think it should be something that betters you. Make sure it's a quadrant two activity, not a quadrant four. People that know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about, but it should be, it should make you grow. It should be one of the, it should be a thing that you track in the learn bucket. Like, did you read today? And you're checking that off right away. And I think everybody should meditate or do some sort of breath practice in the morning. I also think everybody should exercise. And this is my ruffle feathers because people's schedules are, I think you should exercise in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, um, it's again, you're getting all of these first. So imagine that morning where you have read, you have journaled, you have meditated, you have some, some breath practice. You have um, made sure that you're tracking everything on a daily basis in line with the goals and the vision for what you have with yourself and you're exercising. To me, that is, now if you can exercise and get outside and exercise, like triple wins, mm-hmm. right? But to me, that is like, that is winning the morning and really, truly putting first things first. Um, I think that that helps track towards what we're all searching for, which is potentially fulfillment, enlightenment, whatever it might be. Um, I, th- I think it's a quick answer because it seems like it, you've already mentioned a little bit, but the the looking at the trackables in the morning that's not when you are doing the trackables. That is just simply when you are referencing maybe the day before right. and say, okay, which yep. of them did I do? How do you actually, do you schedule? Do you just like, oh, I've got two minutes. I'm going to call mom. Like, how do you actually make sure that those trackables get done? Yep. So that goes into the next piece we talk about, which is optimize the daily routine. So that's one of the things I'm shooting for, for my big hair audacious goal and to optimize the daily routine. So right away, I already like all those things I listed, I'm tracking. Did I meditate? Did I exercise? Did I um, journal? Did I do breath practice? Did I all this? Those are part of the trackables. 
So right away, those are scheduled into my day. If I showed you my calendar, it would say, uh, you know, 545, it would be read, meditate, journal. That's what I'm doing at 545. Then the next thing in there would be, um, and breath work. Uh, the next thing that would be in there would be um, exercise, go to the gym and work out. The next thing after that would be an urgent but important thing, which would be coaching the athletes. Then after that, it's daily, a lot of the daily business must-dos. But inside of my, some of my things are, um, one of the things that I feel really fulfilled is, is when I connect with somebody on my team and I connect with a member. And those things I tracked. So am I spending quality time, not meeting, not like, hey, can you meet at you know, 1130 to discuss X, Y, or Z? I call it M MBWA, like manage by walking around. Like having like, it allows like a free form, not formal conversation. And I have that same thing with um, my members. So I create a space to be able to do that every day. So now I've got like even more things I'm tracking. So these things get built into the day. Um, I have, um, for one of my leaders, it's like a thought leadership thing. So I'm either going to talk to the 830 class about one of the five factors, or I'll do some sort of Instagram post to share some thought leadership, or I'm going to talk to the elite athletes about this. And that's one of the other things that's built in. And then when I drive fast forward and you guys get the kind of picture, but some of the ones I've shared, when I, I call my mom and dad on the drive home and that's when I always, they know that that's when I yeah. call. Um, but it's a 15 minute drive home and that's a perfect amount of time to call on a daily basis and check in with them. Um, and then when I get home, I have, um, one of the things I track is, did I play with the littles? I call my little kids, the littles, um, did I play with them? So not just spend like, did I go on the trampoline with them? Did I do tickle monster? Did we build forts together? Um, and all those things, the things that aren't scheduled in are the things that tend to get missed a little mm -hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, that's the area process. Like I'm trying to like, this is important. It's not on the schedule yet. How do we work that? And that's the daily routine. That's optimizing the daily routine. That's why it's my big thing. So it's the perfect question of like, how do you work those things in? Well, once all those things are worked in, in my mind, I've done it. And I've only done it right now for the three hour morning. I'm working on the three hour evening. The middle of the day, the work day is not optimized yet. But this is a big heritage goal. I got 10 years to get there. That's a lot, um, I, 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 in a good way. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I pause because I don't know if I want to give more or if like I want to leave people with that. But I, but I, I think I want to leave people with your advice on where to start. Um, mm -hmm. Both, you know, we, we started this conversation like, do you want to start at the, the, the big hairy thing or do you want to start at the daily? And I think you picked the right one in terms of what I would have guessed. But the, the question now is, okay, now what? What do I actually do? What is first? Where do you start pointing people? Like, is it get really clear on what fulfills you? Do you have like, how, like, how do you figure, how do you get that done? Like, what does that look like? How do you, how does that not just become staring out the window and hoping I get inspired by what fulfills me? Like, give us some tactics to get moving today or tomorrow. It, it's probably not going to be the answer you're expecting. I would read first things first. I'd read that book. That's the first thing I would do. Because that's some, if you don't understand the principle of doing the most important things, this is all just um, busy work. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a nuisance. It's a, 
extra responsibility that you need to do already in your already busy day. It, it needs to be the reason for your living, not the thing you do on top of everything else that you're already so busy doing. So that's where I would start. Um, and really that, I don't think I would go to the tactical. I don't think I would try to figure out all the other stuff we talked about until that's re- and it's, it's a really easy read, mm-hmm. um, much easier than Seven Habits. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's where I would begin. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Give people that homework to go get first things first. All right, my friend, that was great. We've uh, we've definitely talked around that a bunch, so that was fun to actually get geeky out a little bit. So thank you for that. Thank you to everybody out there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. And Ben and I will be back for another episode of Chasing Excellence next week. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.